Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Trash Movie Kings podcast. I am your host, Adam Edwards, joined with some friends, a bunch of creative types from around Houston, around the country, where we try to recreate the feeling that you get when you leave a midnight movie of Labyrinth after having six very dirty, very heavy martinis at the uh, Weird Swingers Lounge next door, and you just kind of stand around outside under the marquee, kind of boozily reminiscing about what the hell you just saw. Now, Labyrinth, to be clear, not a trash movie. The movies that we watch in this podcast, absolute garbage. Trash. This is a podcast where various creative types all pile onto a Zoom meeting and watch some of the worst movies in history, looking for the diamonds in the rough. I'm talking movies you've never heard of, I've never heard of, movies that exist on YouTube. Not that they're in the public domain, it's just nobody gives a shit. They're just up on YouTube. That's how bad these movies are. These are trash treasures. This is the kind of crap that makes you question your taste, your reality, your life choices, and then we do all the heavy lifting and we let you know if they're maybe worth your time. Granted, we're in various states of sobriety when we do this, so maybe take it with a grain of salt, but also that's probably the best way to watch these movies. So uh, yeah, oh, one note, when you hear this sound, That means that you are hearing a clip from the movie session that we recorded prior to the episode of the podcast. And then when you hear this sound, that means we're back to the podcast. Now, if you watch on YouTube, you'll see exactly what I'm talking about. Which reminds me, we do have a YouTube channel where you can watch all of these for free. It has a video element so you can see our faces, you can see the editing that's been done, and you can actually see the clips of the movies rather than just hear the audio of it. So yeah, that's about it. Oh, 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 and um, sorry, Apocalypse Hal wanted me to let you know, um, he wants you to be warned that he has jokes that, you know, are worth warning about. Uh, so you've been, you've been warned about Mr. Howell's jokes that deserve warning. Cool. All right. Well, that's all I got for you. So enjoy the show. Yeah. Okay, so... Yeah, um, welcome to the first episode of the Trash Kings podcast. Uh, I'm your host, Adam Edwards, joined by three really great dudes. Um, we're just a couple guys in Houston. We love movies. And, and we're we love also ma- a couple guys in Houston. Yeah, we two love making movies. We love- two couples of guys in Houston. <laughs> we're a couple of couple guys. <laughs> we're a real, real great group of couple guys. <laughs> yeah so this whole thing kind of started i guess about a year and a half ago for us now um near the beginning of lockdown it was so obviously covid is like a thing and um shortly after things shut down i feel like i mean this is just my perspective but the four of us like we've always been friends for for a while but hadn't really hung out frequently or like regularly or anything like that and it seemed like lockdown kind of showed each of us like holy shit we actually kind of need interaction with other people and so again from my perspective i think the first time that this happened was joey you sent me a text and was like hey we're gonna do like a movie thing on thursday night if you want to join um and it was just like a small group of people there wasn't really any plan for it. It was just kind of a way for us to hop on Zoom and see each other and interact and be social when we were 
not allowed to leave our apartments for fucking anything during the beginning of COVID. Um, and from there, it kind of grew into this thing where just about every week with some very few exceptions, um, at the very least, this group of four guys got together and watched movies and started watching shitty movies and shittier movies and better movies and Neil Breen movies and all that kind of stuff. And um, we just really found our love for for trash and uh, started calling ourselves the Trash Kings. And maybe, I don't know, what, two, three months ago, we decided to start recording these things and doing little uh, kind of breakdowns after the movie as to what we watched and why we watched it, what we liked, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, so I don't know. It was just kind of this way for us to to keep in touch. And since then, a lot has changed. I mean, Joey and Mike have both moved. Um, Joey's had a kid. Um, I was like a kind of witness to a double homicide and had to move. Um <laughs> This is like a more dramatic telling of how we made nothing really happens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We fucking shot a movie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, released issue four of a comic book. Yeah. yeah. Gosh. So yeah, since we started, yeah, it's encompassed a lot of our lives now. So it's something. <laughs> <laughs> so it's so it's sort of like a an like a, a friend in a weird way in and of itself. Yeah um but yeah we were, i was also i was trying to think of the first movie we watched which uh, action usa i know i think mm-hmm. i think it was samurai cop oh it was samurai cop yeah i'm pretty sure and i think the only re- reason i watched it aside from having it before kind of wanting to obviously was that we were like let's pick something stupid enough to where we can talk over it and it's not a big deal like yeah. you don't want to watch the new Christopher Nolan movie over Zoom with friends or whatever. So that was kind of the idea. And uh, yeah, just so that we could have a chat. And then, yeah, the passion just grew and grew and grew. It almost became a contest for a little while. Once once we realized that what we were doing was watching really bad 80s 1980s American action flicks. So specific. But once we realized, I think we watched them all, it became kind of a contest to see what else we could find out there. Yeah, for sure. And not to say that we only watch trash. I mean, like there was one week we watched Host, which was interesting. It was like a... And Little Mermaid. Oh, yeah, that was a fun thing. (laughs) Little Mermaid came after we finished trashing one night because we were all just real drunk and didn't want to go to bed. (laughs) Again, yeah, like at the beginning of lockdown, it was like everybody was working from home and it was kind Mm -hmm. of this new world where where it didn't feel like you ever had to be, you had to be up early to go to work. It was just like, roll out of bed, I'll be fine. Yeah. So you're willing to watch Little Mermaid until 2 or 3 a.m. or however (laughs) that went. (laughs) after watching some other movie i don't even remember what it was before but in some parts of the country and in some parts of the world the lockdowns are still going on it's weird to think because we are in texas (laughs) like in texas pretty much things got back to normal but with some restrictions 
but still you can go do everything but there was that yeah moment. we're back to the wild west there, yeah there, there was that time where it went it went for about a year where life just it really changed so yeah, yeah this, this was honestly all was all i had to look forward to for about a year every every week <laughs> yeah same. And now that I, and now that I have a baby, it's kind of still the, the one thing I look forward to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty much locked at home, except for maybe one other night a week, or if I have to go work or something. But yeah, I'm still working at home, still in the house most of the time. So uh, I guess yeah, it's still an important thing yeah, for me, so... and I look forward to it greatly. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I think it's something that's very important to all four of us and like it's it's something that the four of us have grown to to love and to look forward to and all that stuff and we decided that we wanted to make it into a podcast and share it with the world and everything so you know we wanted to take some time to kind of introduce this and let y'all know what the hell this even was how it started who we are and all that um and so yeah I mean Unless y'all have anything else to add, I think we can go ahead and dive into the. Let's do it. I think I think I just wanted to say that I don't know if anybody else has any goals with uh, the podcast, but I think my only goal is to actually garner Neil Breen's attention in some way. I, uh, I would uh, love that if as you, long as it's not an uh, <laughs> illegal matter. If in five years we're hosting a screening of of double down at an Alamo draft house somewhere. Oh, that would be the ultimate success. <laughs> yeah, I, would, yeah. Get a I, I hope he genuinely it. appreciates our fandom and he doesn't take it as like mockery. Oh, I, he absolutely will. <laughs> but yeah, I hope I hope so as well. But yeah, I got nothing else. Uh, uh, yeah, thanks for taking this journey with us, I guess. And we hope you stick You're welcome, around. and we're sorry. <laughs> yeah. So, hey, what did, uh, what did one raccoon say to the other on top of the dumpster? What? Let's dive in. All right. Very good. <laughs> so, yeah, so let's dive in. Go ahead and uh, before we get into this episode, give us a follow on Instagram at TrashKings126. Uh, we have a website, TrashMovieKings.com. Um, and, yeah. One more time, I'm your host, Adam Edwards, joined by Joseph Graham, Apocalypse Howell, and Justin Petty. We will have special guests here and there. Some of us may dip out a week or two. We might have other people joining in, but uh, this is pretty much the core group, and we'll go from there. And without further ado, let's get into the movie. What do you have for me this time? Into the stock market, closing close down the banks, fixing an election. It's all, it's all, it's all easy. Right on. <laughs> Wait, Mike, are you saying it was brutal in the sense that you didn't like this Neil Green movie? No, it was yeah. brutal in how much I liked it. <laughs> it's 93 minutes it's not any more or less than no but he has a way of making a film feel long this one yeah. feels long but it's 
I think there's some other implications involved. Let's just get started. Yeah. So, sorry, let me get closer to my microphone. Yeah, so welcome to this episode of the Trash Kings podcast. Uh, host Adam Edwards joined with uh, Joey Graham. Hi, Joey. Hi. Apocalypse Howell, Mr. Howell. Zip tap. Justin Petty. How's it going, JP? How do you do? And another JP, um, esteemed guest, James Puckett. How's it going, James? Hello there. Hello there. Yeah. So tonight we watched uh, Neil Breen's directorial writing, producing, acting debut, <laughs> Double Down. <laughs> Catering debut. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Makeup and hair debut. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, indeed. Take a, take a hit before this. <laughs> Here we go, James. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, so uh, let me start off by saying that, uh, well, for myself, Joey, Apocalypse, and JP, uh, we all love Breen. For James, uh, James, I believe this was your first Neil Breen movie? First. Primero Uno, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah. We, and, and, yeah, the preface, again, uh, the four of us, uh, Adam, JP, and Apocalypse have seen this before, but it was a while ago, and probably in our baby, or the more baby version of Trash Kings, where we had probably maybe what in the probably the first twenty movies or so. Yeah, probably we, we were probably very this. drunk. Yeah. <laughs> And I will admit right off the top that I thought this movie was fucking a blast the first time I watched it. And the second time, I am just baffled. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was probably really baffled in the first time, but I think it was, like, so funny. But this time, I'm just like, this is wildly bad. Yeah. So <laughs> the premise of this one is Neil Breen, as as usual, is a brilliant, can-do-nothing-wrong, kind of, like, knows-everything super agent kind of genius man who can... Hacker? Yeah. Yeah, he's like a hacker. He can control any laptop, cell phone, steal any car, he's, whatever the fuck he yeah, wants Yeah, he's to like do. a biochemist that is going to... Yeah. Uh, he's like a renaissance or, man. You know what he calls himself? He says at the beginning, like, hacker bioterrorist or something. <laughs> Al covert agent. Mercenary. For any nation that wants to control another. Yeah, he yeah. mentions that he has like implants to help him do his shit in his uh, eyes. Yeah, in his no. eyes. I've received bioelectromedical implants to assist me in carrying out my attacks. That's definitely but, his face. I fucking hate <laughs> that. Yeah. And he has gotten orders from a foreign government, we don't know who. Uh, to shut down the Las Vegas Strip for two months. 
from a foreign government. Yes. Yeah. Foreign. We don't know why. We don't know who. But yeah, there's a reason. You could say he's a mercenary. Right. He, it's weird because it's like he, throughout the movie, he seems to indicate that he worked or works for the American government. But like you said, Justin, he definitely seems like more of a mercenary or like a gun for hire than anything. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah. Because like at the end, like they, the uh, the FBI agents or whoever it is, make that comment about like something about our agreement with him is that we won't track him, but he'll be there when we need him. Some shit like well, that. yeah, he's Batman. Think of like whenever it says like Black Hawk <laughs> down. It's like it went down. And he's a double agent. So he's a double agent down. Double down. The double is down. He, he, no, I'm I'm literally telling you what the title (laughs) means. Like he is going to, he's a double agent tasked to do this task, but then halfway through realizes he can't do it because he's too American. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, yeah, that's a hundred percent what it is. But yeah. wow, what a journey to get there! It is. Yeah. Uh... So, because like it's so it starts out he gets his orders, and he decides that he's going to shut down the strip with some combination of like bioterrorism through anthrax, and then also <laughs> injecting some sort of serum into strawberries. Can we talk right. about the anthrax really quickly? The anthrax, Justin was right. It's like a brick of anthrax. Yeah. <laughs> I, I thought it like was this. a fucking brick of coke, but then he was like, anthrax. <laughs> that thing. Dude, it's like a, tea, it's a teaspoon of anthrax. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's like falling out and it looks clearly like coke. And he's just yes. like, this much anthrax could kill an entire city and you know that it's bad clearly it looks like starched all-purpose flour yes good job now neil's gonna find him he dropped the flour all over the place (laughs) airborne anthrax is lethal once inhaled be careful be careful that's a lot of fucking anthrax it's just flour, <laughs> like a brick of anthrax. But you know, they say Southwest is a party of the sky. But you know that it means business because he goes down to the river and puts that shit in the river. In the next shot, you've got like eight dead fish on the shore. At least eight dead fish. Couldn't couldn't say uh, give me a dozen at the fish market or everybody's <laughs> none of them fish. None of them were of keeper length. No. Adam, he also told that guy too. He said, with the brick of anthrax, he told that guy to be careful. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it like fell. Be careful. be careful. It'll kill you instantly. He'll be, be dead realize, in five minutes. Which do you realize that, that amount of anthrax can literally kill, like you said, a city? That's like five million people. Yeah. A lot of anthrax. What are Um, the odds that that originally wasn't anthrax when he made the movie? Like that wasn't what he wanted it to be. So that's what he he decided to change it later. So I'm wondering though, because this was made in 2005. When was the big anthrax scare? It was right after 9/11. Yeah, like months later. Yeah, probably in 01. Yeah, it was. So I don't know. It just seems very like. 
like very specifically packaged like cocaine yeah that i just it's hard it's hard to not think like maybe he originally wanted to be coke and then just decided to change it in the dub which is the beauty of his movies is that there is almost no dialogue and so you can rewrite that thing all the way up to release no it's a, yeah it's it's poetry of of the brain uh yeah it's making a movie by the seat of your pants in 35 millimeter film perhaps is yeah. it 35 it looks 35 it looks that, like 35 i mean what else would it be 16 i mean Eight? it could be 16 but oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, he shot it, it on on Ari. Is what, I think is what I remember reading. Which I'm pretty sure shoots. It's got to be 35. Known for 35. I don't know that if they make it to 16. So it's shot on film in Las Vegas in the daytime, which is stunning. Um, <laughs> That's a word for it. Yeah, that is a word. Um, but it, yeah so there's also this whole plot so he gets the the anthrax he gets the bio disease or whatever the fuck and he's getting ready to enact the plan and he then takes his girlfriend to the pool and proposes <laughs> to her he proposes to this is like the first 10 minutes of the film he proposes to her while they are nude in a public pool They're or a semi-private pool. in broad daylight and maybe yes. a pool that... Okay. It's like, like maybe a hotel, hotel. hotel. Hold on, hold on. They show a ton of other maybe perhaps stock footage of hotel pools with yes. that's populated with many, many people. And then it cuts to them being in the pool. So obviously it's a private pool the way they shot it but i think the implication is right that they are naked in this pool <laughs> yeah and like i said like in the very pool. corner of a very like, crowded pool in, in a corner of a very crowded pool which is insane but <laughs> and then he pulls out a ring to propose to her she says yes obviously yes right and then like, she is course. immediately shot in the back by a sniper <laughs> I fucked up by not proposing like this. Naked in the pool. I can't wait to be your wife. Is he wearing a diaper on his crotch? Did y'all see that? Always be together. about the laser pointer. I need to know that something. Oh, wait, this is this is basically the plot of the. Was that Van Damme movie or is it? It is possible. Anything's possible. Van Damme versus double, double. Rocky. Oh, double. Oh, shot her in the spine. Falls. Wanted man, but not never. Did it ever? Because because he's such an affable man. Is it? Did it, did they ever clarify who wanted to kill him? No. no I don't no, think no. anyone wanted to kill him. I think they were trying to hurt him, so they killed her. I think it was that blonde guy toward the end that said, we can kill them. We can, what did he say? It was like, we can destroy their hearts and their souls and their minds and maybe their business. Yeah. And maybe their company. It says maybe their business. <laughs> but they like, found out they could never destroy Neil's business. Nope. Right. So he loses his girlfriend 
fiance of 30 seconds. <laughs> well, There's also, the... you, you missed the part two where that he meets that guy and that guy tells him to uh, to, to assassinate, like to kill all the loved ones uh, of, of yeah. someone. That's what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh, my bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're you're. I, I had no recollection of that, James. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> I think that comes later because then yeah, he goes. Then, like, I thought so it was the, right. Because that's Sorry, when he goes right and picks Adam. up the couple at the wedding chapel, right? It's yeah. before that, but but it is after the 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 the, the wife dies. You're right. <laughs> so she dies. Then he kind of goes even more unhinged. Eats a lot of tuna. And passes um, out next to his car. He continues to pass out next to his car that has after, satellite dishes attached to the bumper. Let them all know that I've planted biological bombs in seven major cities around the world. <laughs> destroy the economy of that city. And release Tune a biological attack on the population that will kill and hundreds just, of you thousands. Know, some blood. Yeah. Um, he's hacking on a lot of laptops <laughs> that are not turned on. Um, also making calls on three or four cell phones at a time. Yeah. <laughs> Motorola flip phones. Yeah. It's genius. Which yeah. I keep thinking are They're definitely connected to the two satellite dishes mounted on the trunk of his car. Yeah. Yeah, I know that he tinkers with. <laughs> yeah, that he loves to just tighten bolts on. Um then he goes and like he go he he poses as a chauffeur. He goes to one of those drive-through chapels, basically in Vegas. Picks up a ma- recently married couple, poisons the husband, <laughs> kidnaps the wife, throws the husband in the trunk. The wife then like kind of comes to, and she's like, "Oh, what's going on?" And he's like, "Oh, baby, we went out to the club last night. We had a bunch of drinks. We had sex out by the pool, and now we're married, and it's great." Las Vegas. Hey, last night we went to the club, danced a lot, drank a lot, laughed a lot, had sex out by the fountains. <laughs> then we went down to the strip and we got married. Hey, this is Las Vegas, baby. What? What? <laughs> Who are you? We're married? What? How? Oh, wait. What happened? They get, he dumped the other guy and in the now, trunk. Got the yeah, he's in the trunk. Where do you want to... And then he gets a phone call in the middle of that conversation, finds out that it's the wrong couple, and then just kicks them out of the car. Crap! <laughs> get, get out! My target went to the lake. I'll go find <laughs> But I've changed my mind. Get out! Get out! The marriage is over! Get out! <laughs> That's so stupid. Holy shit. <laughs> he screams at her to get out, but she's paralyzed, I guess. Because <laughs> he drugged her. So yeah. is, he, is he mad about the killing of his fiance? He's gotta oh, be. Yeah, he's gone clinically that... depressed. Okay, so he's like seeking revenge in this movie. No, no he's just he's like, just lost it. He's just he just no, continues he's to jobs, but it. now he just doesn't have anything to live for. Yeah, right. he doesn't 
He doesn't he at no point ever tries to seek revenge, which is a, a very non-brain thing to do, I think. Well, yeah, because it never really <laughs> spelled out who it was. No. Right. It doesn't really say who it was. Like we can kind of guess who it was, but it's never it really never spelled showed out. Who, who shot Does... that girl in the who was spying on them? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, at the yeah, grocery market. The camera? You never know who did it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he also spends mo- the the rest of the movie keeping his dead wife in a body bag next to his car. On film, and also he's shooting everything in such like a it's just a shitty lens. Oh, his wife is a skeleton. <laughs> I forgot all about that. A completely oh, bleached. Yeah, like sun bleached skeleton that's been <laughs> inside of a body bag. <laughs> yeah, it looks acid bleached in its. And it, and, it, and it never sees the light of day. <laughs> so Joey, they say the Vegas sun. She got shot, and I didn't oh, think the Vegas, earlier. But the Vegas sun is strong. She, she got shot in a public pool, and they both just laid face down naked, bleeding in a public pool. Which means yes. he then picked oh. her up and <clears throat> carried her out of a public pool during the daytime. I, I need to and say put something. her in a body bag. Right. I need to say something. <laughs> Right. That is that is really funny. (laughs) Which we established earlier was a public pool. Likely in Vegas. And then puts her in a body bag himself. Doesn't take her to a coroner. Doesn't look at Caesar's Palace just carrying her dead body back to his hotel room. He like he like (laughs) I bet it happened at Trump. Her dead bleeding no, body. I'm just, I'm just imagining tipping a guy. <laughs> tipping a bellhop for carrying your dead wife. <laughs> it was the same guy he tipped to borrow the car. <clears throat> he stole yeah. the car. Okay. No, oh, he he, he, oh I know. It, I, know I remember that. Yeah. He borrowed the Rolls Royce. He for stole the Ferrari. Wait, did he steal the Ferrari? Oh, yeah, he did steal the Ferrari. Yeah, because he, he could steal any car at any time. <laughs> Even when he... Sorry, when he, he, when he gives... After the... he pays a guy $500 to borrow a car. Yeah. <laughs> when he gives the body to the bellhop, does he look at him and say, she's totally alive? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he'd have to be in Oh, shit. I'm going to say, I wrote this down and I was like, I think that shot of him imagining them both dead together with their asses up in the his pool. balls. His balls are showing. No, is a hundred percent throughout the entirety of film history the most <laughs> awkward shot I've ever seen. Yes. And maybe it was ever created. I don't remember that it was I just remember that awkward shot. <laughs> <laughs> Those balls are right there. Why is he just laying there? <laughs> what did he do? <laughs> I don't know. But you need the context of the story. Like if if no, you just see the shot by context. itself. No, the shot itself is pretty awkward. 
is the there... context it it leaves planet earth <laughs> it is a hundred percent the weirdest shot i've ever seen i just and it's I imaginary I, yeah I mean, he just imagines it it's like i can't think of anything weirder in film i just can't <laughs> so james was spending the whole movie trying to find a redeeming shot would you say that that was the redeeming shot oh that's the shot Ooh. for me that's the that might be a good one yeah <sighs> and I, it's got balls I, it, 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 it does have balls it literally has his balls tucked into like a weird were they holding hands were they holding they hands had, like, in the pool? He had his arm like over her shoulder. Probably. Yeah, like that makes it more awkward. And her butt is so clenched. Oh, God. That's what, yeah. There's, holy fuck. And so, yeah. so, so, yeah. So all of this happens. And then at the very end of the movie, he calls it off. Like yeah. he has it all set up where people are like going to storm the strip or whatever and shut everything down. And then he like reverse hacks and has those people killed. And then he's just like, I hope that this proves my loyalty to my country. But it doesn't and, actually. And then pretty much roll credits. Like if someone decides to go against you and then at the end they do something that redeems them redemption is not the same as like loyalty right there's something right. else we didn't consider what the, the double down title in and of itself was a double down go on the title's a double agent <laughs> title itself all right. all right so neil neil didn't suddenly have a change of heart and <clears throat> and switch back to to good guys he all the way through the end he was playing both sides yes the okay. government doesn't know he's the one who set up the attack and the attackers don't know he's the one who stopped the attack so he got paid by both governments Oh, he doubled down on his digits. In Vegas, that's what a double down is, baby. Damn, bro. Double dipping. <laughs> oh, man. He played black and red. That's racist. Uh, <laughs> that brings up the discussion right, of whether Neil Breen has Native American blood or not. Because he's yeah. so hairless. <laughs> that does bring up that question. <laughs> Which this conversation is this conversation is technically very racist. It is absolutely a hundred percent about race, but it's not in a, it's not a, a negative thing. Wait, the conversation oh, in and of itself is racist, but the no, he's saying because the conversation is about race. It, it is racist. It, that is racist. But it's not ne- necessarily like a the conversation. Like, not in, not, in, not any negative topic of race. It's no, I would say that the negative. conversation is racial. Correct. Yes, that would be what people. That's would what say. a sober mind would say. Yeah. Modernly, yes. <laughs> not racist. <laughs> it's racism, a hundred percent. But no, he might have a Comanche in him. We decided. 
course, Justin would know the difference between racist and racial. Yeah, I'm um, going with Comanche. <laughs> he's like, don't lump yourself in with me. Um, <laughs> so I was going to say, I thought there'd be more dialogue, but I was surprised there wasn't. Uh, oh, usually yeah, just it's all monologue. Movies. It's all VO, yeah. baby. Yeah. It, it was less than I thought. There's dialogue, but it was less than I thought. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I so, think I've, there's no point. Okay, one thing I want to say actually, I thought this movie. I got confused because I've seen most of his movies now. I thought he, he was going to have his big dialogue scene at the end, but it never happened. And I realized that I think that dialogue scene is from Fatal Findings when he's like in front of the White House and he's like. Yeah telling everybody stuff that's in faithful findings yeah this one doesn't really have one exactly which is what we were saying last (laughs) week like well i was i was making the argument because i uh, that's what i thought i was basing it on was faithful findings was that he puts these things at the very end of the movie and it's progressively gotten closer but this movie it's really? not really at the end of the movie and it's not really in the middle of the movie. It's kind of like there's a couple parts where there's... It's kind of during the setup of the movie, isn't it? Like He does have like that it's really long speech at the beginning where he's just talking and talking and talking like to that random fucking guy in front of, I don't know, Caesar's Palace or whatever. <laughs> The reality is that chemical and biological weapons can be much more destructive to societies and economies than nuclear weapons. They're cheap, they can be transported by anyone, anywhere. They involve little scientific technology. Without anyone knowing it. And the terrorists make a clean getaway. That's why the government focuses so much <laughs> on Yeah. But even and before then, that, he does that whole exposition narration. Yeah, so well, like, yeah. But I mean, that's his whole thing the whole time. Yeah, I guess that is all. Yeah. And then, but there is one part where there's other guys. It seems like they're they're people of power to some degree, where they're like having a realization where they're like, "Oh, maybe we should do it this way," kind of thing. But it's kind of ham-fisted in a weird <laughs> spot in the movie. I don't know. Well, and you don't know where they are because it's like shot like from like <laughs> you know under them, like so it's just sky like behind them and yeah. Um, you don't know where they are like yeah that's this, is, this movie strikes me differently now that we've seen a lot of his other movies and a lot of other shitty trash movies because <clears throat> i'm like this one's so bizarre and so slow and weird that it just starts it it, it, it makes me <clears throat> begin to question reality in and of itself like if this is a movie that a human being can make like and this is their experience that they're trying to portray it just makes me feel like my experience is no more 
more or less sensical. <laughs> if that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it's a fucking trip. Like, it's a very challenging movie. And that's why I was bringing up uh, PTA's Inherent Vice. Inherent Vice, because that's a movie that makes me question like reality so much in like a deep way. Obviously, PTA is like a well versed filmmaker, great filmmaker who's doing it in this way. And Neil Breen is a novice at best. <laughs> doing it in kind of a similar way though but he, they're yeah. they're getting the same results in my opinion yeah. it's just radically uh, uh one guy really really knows what he's doing and he's doing that and one guy really doesn't know what he's doing but it's creating the same kind of thought processes it's weird i think we talked about this like one of the other earlier ones but like these we were, I think we were arguing whether or not Neil Brin's actually trash because like these movies kind of transcend trash onto this other level of like, I mean, you really can't classify them as anything other than a brain movie. Yeah, like, I mean, they just exist well, on their own. Yeah, the last, I mean, we could do it right now. The Bees, it doesn't really make any sense for this movie either. Although... So, well, well, okay, let's just really quickly, we'll establish what the bees are. Uh, it's just so the bees are generally boobs, long butts, boats, birds, butterfly knives, blood, bods, blue filters, bigfoots, Brits, boardrooms, and breens. <laughs> it's just 100% breen in this. Well, this has blood. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it has a, it had a lot of the things actually. It had it has, butts. It has butts. <laughs> it had stock footage of birds. <laughs> footage of birds. Uh, no, no, no butterfly knives. No we saw Neil Breen's long butt. Yeah, we saw. Oh, yeah, Neil Breen did pop top, so we had some buds. Yeah. Are there any bo- boats? No, it's all. What I remember, there weren't any boats. <laughs> There might have been one on trailer somewhere. Pretty landlocked. And uh, once yeah. again, shockingly, no boardroom. Although there should have been. There's yeah. definitely a boardroom in like one of these Neil Breen movies. I really I thought that there were. Is. Like when we watched the last one and there wasn't a boardroom, I was very upset because I thought that every Neil Breen movie had a boardroom, and now we have two of them that definitely don't. <laughs> Mm. Well, I think it's just because it costs money. Like, because the 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 scene with the senator and the Department of the Interior head and all that shit, like that would have been a boardroom scene, but instead yeah. they just filmed it outside against a blue sky. Yeah, well, we'll probably same just by... go to each of his friend's house and film it on different days. It's right. like boardroom by necessity, uh, which is just people outside in suits talking mm-hmm. <laughs> it gets a mulligan i suppose it, it basically has a border yeah but what, what i'm intending to say with bringing up the bees is just that his movies are so radically strange and from such a different thinking kind of person and whether that's because he's a complete moron or not doesn't really matter because my experience with it is just like what the fuck is this how is this 
this person's reality <clears throat> to the point where uh, it gets philosophical, which is weird. Yeah. So I guess all that being said, um, and really this is a question just for James, uh, since it's <laughs> your first time watching a, a brain movie, but James, did you like it? <laughs> um, uh, I mean, for its strangeness, yes. Like, it's not, you know what I mean? It's not a movie that I would, like, want to watch at 3 o'clock in the afternoon on a Saturday or a, you know, it's a particular movie. It's specific. Um, it's not a great comparison, but for lack of a better one, Lynchian is in there, I think, with me. The surrealness in a way of it. Um, it's not as executed in ways or it's shot as well as Lynch, obviously. Or interesting. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. I sort of see it as like a, you know, a wannabe, if you will, for, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I liked it. I mean, for what it is, you know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. a strange, weird, low budget movie. And I liked it, but it, it's because it's so surreal. Uh, yeah. The plot is so weird that by everything else being weird, it helps it. If it wasn't, you know, if one thing was kind of off in this in terms of its tone not being similar to the rest, then that would have worked against it, I think. Mm, I agree. Yeah, it's, uh, he, he has, and this is his first movie, and it gets it just, this is the jumping off point, really. I mean, it gets weirder and weirder and in a weird way yeah. uh we just watched a movie he made in 2016 and i was really hyped on it and i can see where he was you know, like some of the beginnings now of where he is what right. he was headed and it was kind of interesting in a weird way would you cut would you consider <laughs> those faithful findings <laughs> Fateful findings uh, in, in my own personal experience. Yes, yeah. I'm just saying. Uh, like, it seems like he's actually like <clears throat> we've heard his 10 minute trailer for his documentary, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or at least I have, and I know Adam has. I don't know if you guys have listened to it, but he definitely talks about like how much he's learned as a filmmaker. And I always thought that was laughable, but now that I've I've watched, I think his most one of his more recent, if not most recent movie, in conjunction with his first film, he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, he's definitely learned. He's definitely learned some stuff, and I think it's more like how to keep it a little more, keep the pace up, and keep it a little more entertaining but still, still as insane. And I think that's what's fascinating to me is you start to realize the more you watch his movies and the more you put them in context of like Double Down was first and then everything else came after that. Like 
so much of the shit that we think of as Breen is, you know, we're like, oh, he's a bad filmmaker. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's a novice. He's an amateur. Those things are true, but those, these are also exactly the movies he's trying to make. <laughs> yeah, he's sharpening his skills of insanity. Right. I, he is I, I never thought about it before. Right. right now, I have a pretty clear idea. <laughs> he's getting better, but in the weirdest imaginable way. It's, yeah, it's beyond he's any other filmmaker working. Yeah, he's breeding hard. Yeah, <clears throat> it's beautiful. Yeah, anyway. Uh, um, yeah, does anybody have a favorite part of this movie? My favorite part is whenever... It- he was outside the car talking to the other agent or whatever he was. And he was like, what have you been up to? And he's like, busy, in fact, with all the worldwide action. <laughs> worldwide action. I mean, I, I'm going to go with, uh, there's there's so many things that I wrote down. God, like the, the sleeping in the body bag or the dead body in the body bag. The satellite skills, but mm-hmm. it, uh, oh, and the and the hand dying slowly in the gravel—that's amazing. But really, it's the it's the tuna. <laughs> okay, so if this whole thing is dubbed, fuck, that's a lot of cans. That's a lot of can sound effects. And they all sound pretty different. Oh, we found a special. I really like, it's kind of toward the end. I don't remember exactly what happened, but something goes wrong. And it's like when he decides that he's going to call off the thing. And he is on the ground, pawing at the at the dirt, like grabbing clumpfuls of, or fistfuls of dirt, and he just goes, no, I'm an American. And he just keeps shouting that over and over again. Can't go on with this. I can't go on with this. I'm an American. I'm an American. I love this country. My country. Wait, you know what? That might have been the speech. As dumb and like weird as it was, like that was a, yeah. a really short kind of like monologue thing. But this the speech is there. He just didn't figure out that it should be all in one clump place yeah. in his movie. Yeah. That was definitely a turning point. Yeah. I think it happens in his next film, Fatal Findings. I'm most positive. <clears throat> Twisted Pair is my favorite. Twisted yeah, Pair is a new level. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it really was. Um, uh, yeah. I guess. Uh, I don't know. You want to just jump into bags of trash? Sure. Yeah. Anybody? How many bags out of five? You Apocalypse, five. you're giving it five? I think it's uh, five gorgeous bags of trash <laughs> dumpster, and they're positioned so perfectly, and they're so greasy and just nasty smelling that the raccoons can do the backstroke <laughs> across across the dumpster. I'm just All picturing right. the Big Lebowski musical number scene, and it's just raccoons <laughs> and trash bags. That's very very hot. Synchronized swimming. Very hot. 
Anyone else? Uh, I'm gonna go four. I'm gonna go four oh. bags of trash. Blasphemy. Because I, 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 I think, I think. How dare you blaspheme? Uh, yeah. Trash oh, for me. Hey, hey, hey. You know. I just think there's room to grow. There, there, when you want, when you see this in context now, I think if I watched this a year ago, I'd be like five nights trash fucks this. This is one of the best fucking absurdist uh, trash things ever to exist, and it still is. But I think there's room to grow. Honestly, I'm a little astounded that I think this too, because this was what what I thought was my favorite Neil Breen movie, but now I don't think it is. Do you think that? <clears throat> Like, yeah, we've, we've watched a lot of stuff in the last year and maybe the perspective of seeing those since this makes it seem different to you. But do you think it's just that it was just a second watch of a movie that you already seen? So you're not going to have the same reaction? Like if, if oh, yeah, it was the first time you had 100%. ever seen it, do you think you would be giving it a higher score than you already? I pretty much just said the same thing as like I, a year ago or more, however, whenever we watched this first, I would definitely give this five bags of trash because it's pure insanity. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, if tonight was your first time watching it, not a year ago, like, do you think the time, you see what I'm saying? I think, oh, like the context of like what? Having, having done this trash movie thing. Oh, uh, you're saying if I had watched a year or two's worth of trash films and then I stumbled upon this first. If this would still blow my mind, I don't know. That's an interesting that you're you're this putting that in question. a way that, that makes it a little more difficult to answer. Yeah, <clears throat> hi, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's such a hypothetical. I don't, yeah, I like I don't, I don't know. Like uh, if I had seen Carnosaur before this, I don't know if it would be higher or lower. I don't know. <laughs> Probably still pretty high. Like if we didn't have any idea who Breen was, we watched trash movies for a year and then saw this i don't know that i would i don't know i have zero perspective on how i would rank this then yeah i'm gonna gonna still say pretty high still not the way it went let's say uh, let's say in that scenario it's four and a half uh in the scenario that happened it's five bags of trash and the scenario now i'm like he has room to grow let's give it a four and it's not fair because you've like you have a looking glass. Well, it's it's fine. It's all just thoughts. There's rating systems are bullshit anyway. I agree. This is an amazing trash movie, and you should absolutely watch it. I'm just saying, don't stop with this one. There's if you if you watch this one and you don't think it's the best fucking weird trash movie ever, yeah. keep watching them because there's actually <laughs> there's maybe one that's gonna hit for you, like I feel now. Yeah, yeah, that's about it. Don't stop anyway. the braining. Don't stop braining. Don't stop braining. Someone else, please give me their trash box. JP, James, anybody have any trash ratings? Uh, I'm going to give it five big, thick, fluffy bags. Big, fluffy bags. Trash. All right. Big, fluffy bags. Uh, uh, my opinion th- has not wavered oh. in my love for this film in a year. Good. You're so consistent. James, the clenching butts. The clenching butts. My God, that shot. Sorry. Yeah, if anything, <laughs> I didn't notice that the first time. 
It's just better. <laughs> uh, I give it three and a half. I think uh, it's good. It's got ideas, um, but needed a little more energy, but still fun. Hell of a lot of fun. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah, I uh, I go four and a half. I want to give it five, but it's just it's just not quite there. It's just not quite. He hasn't come into his own yet. That's all I'm saying. Right? Like he. Yeah, it's a tough one. It hurts me. It hurts me more than it hurts him. No, yeah. Moving... I, I... What this is is moving the goalposts. <laughs> exactly. The rating but system he... has changed because we've seen a better Neil movie. So yeah, now it's like the... when yes, it's like in the middle of the semester when the teacher's mm. like, I know you can do better. Yeah. I know Neil can do better. Unfortunately, that but when, is when the truth. When this version of Neil was already the five. He, I mean he hits turn around and say, but he can <laughs> he gets some he gets some he hits some really high highs in this one though. That's the problem. That's the thing that hurts. Yeah. I mean the the butt thing, and then the the the, the tuna, and the sat, satellites, and the random oh, yeah. guys walking around with just feet that are clearly just him, like trying <laughs> to be himself. It's, but there's there, there's no tiger. There's no ti- there's no tiger. There's no, there's no tiger. There's no body double. There's no right. jumping from rock to rock. <laughs> Oh right. yeah, he doesn't yes. jump from rock to rock oh. because he fucking Whoa. runs up them for five minutes at a time. This is Neil Breen analog. Yes, and it's literally on thirty-five millimeter, which we yes. we've discussed mm-hmm. already, but it is sort of still pretty amazing to me. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. yeah. Well, um, any closing thoughts before we wrap it up? From anybody? No, I'm good. Good. Yeah, I think we discussed everything. Oh, I wanted to talk about what the fuck you guys were talking about with Havana. Oh, the Havana syndrome. Yeah, he he set up like a Havana Havana syndrome. syndrome. (laughs) Don't do a shout out to that. Invisible. (laughs) The force shield will (laughs) if an intruder gets too close. Basically, what it comes what comes down to is acoustic weapons. I'm yeah. sorry for bringing this up, y'all. <laughs> it's acoustic weaponry. <clears throat> oh, this is like using frequencies or tones to yes to make yeah. people shit or to affect them emotionally or to yes. make them yeah correct. But in this case, it was making their ears hurt and their heads pound right. and just crushing sounds, high pitch frequencies that border online where a human ear and a dog ear can hear and it was just causing people just to go crazy yeah so when he set up that like force field around his car and the guy walked up and went and then fell down and his ear was bleeding that's why i was like oh he has savannah syndrome okay i i I thought of some shout outs shout out to the ferrari Yes, which which he uses more than once in his other films. Uh, shout out to falling asleep or waking up next to your car in gravel like mm-hmm. several times. Shout out to that. Um, shout out to shooting Vegas during the day because mm-hmm. no one Daytime. fucking has done that. This original is fuck. 
And yeah, that's about it. Shout out, motherfucking no brain. It's a great, it's a great movie. It's a really, really good Turkish uh, film. Shout out to uh, uh, disposable license plates, I guess, or interchangeable license plates. Yeah, I gotta have multiple license plates um, <clears throat> if you want to be gangster. Yeah. Shout out to just having a license plate collection in general. Yeah. <laughs> to a trunk full of empty tuna cans shout out to feeling good all the time (laughs) anything else jokes jokes any jokes do you tell them huh apocalypse and jokes you got your brick up huh quick question question from justin petty Uh, question from the back what did the, yes, the rock that he had, his magic rock, mm-hmm. uh, having to find, like it kept showing up throughout the movie, but he never really explained what it did. Is it what uh, made him invisible? It's the next movie where he starts to get into the rocks, really. I feel like it was an afterthought in this film. Yeah, I don't really know what it did. Yeah. It was just like his lucky rock. I guess. I guess. Sure. Perhaps. I'll, I'll save this line of questioning until we watch the next one, but I do at some point want to like categorize the Neil, the Neil Breen isms, I guess, and the things that he did in his movie repeatedly just out of convenience or necessity. Yeah. Convenience like there, versus there's a creative Neil Breen and there's a practical Neil Breen. And I want to, want to list all the things that, that he does throughout his series. We will we will open up the 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 uh, fire hydrant of whatever of uh, yeah. filmmakers watching films and how we experience that a little bit differently, which I think is what that kind of gets into. Yep. <clears throat> uh, but yeah, anything else? Apocalypse? Any jokes? No, not tonight. I gotta get out of here. All right. Well, uh, guys, as always, thanks for joining. Um, everybody listening, thanks for listening. This has been the Trash Kings podcast. Catch us on Instagram at Trash Kings One Two Six, or on our website TrashMovieKings.com. Uh, once more, Adam Edwards joined with Joey Graham, Apocalypse Howl, and JP Justin Petty. Thanks for joining, and uh, we'll see you next time. Peace.